you could win in APCO's Cash for Chrissy competition. That's right, APCO Joe. There's 1K to brighten your day. And 1K to give away to a mate for Christmas. APCO's Cash for Chrissy on now at APCO. <laughs> Well, g'day everyone and welcome to the Spirit of Sport. I'm your host, Jason Stevens. I'm so glad you could join me for our special guest tonight because he heralds from Illinois, which if you don't know where that is, which I didn't know, but it's Midwest, USA. Uh, but he moved down under and quickly became one of Australia's greatest ever basketball players. He's a two-time NBL MVP. He's an NBL champion and also an NBL grand final MVP. I'm just... Tired talking about that, achieving all that. Despite being born OS, he represented Australia at the 2016 Olympic Games in Rio, where he helped steer the Aussies to fourth place behind Spain. Now, that was our best ever finish in an Olympic game. If you haven't guessed it by now, tonight's special guest on the Spirit of Sport is the amazing Kevin Lish. Kev, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Jason, and uh, yeah, that introduction was a bit full-on and over-the-top, but I appreciate it. No, mate, no, no, no. When you really look at what you've achieved, um, it's 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 amazing. I mean, not many people, and particularly coming from from uh, a different country by yourself and, and achieving that, it's a, it's an amazing thing, the way you steer, particularly, you know, I'm a Cronulla boy, so I took note more so of your Sydney King stuff whether, rather than your Perth sort of stuff or the uh, Illawarra Hawks because that's even though my wife's from Wollongong you know they're still they're not in the Shire mate they're not in the Shire so uh, <laughs> yeah well that, that, that's right my, my wife's actually from, from the Shire area and obviously as, as you would probably know once they're in the Shire that it's hard to get them to leave so it's yeah to that's, to uh, <laughs> have you been for the record have you been trying to leave are you trying to leave? This game? <laughs> oh no, no, I'm I'm pretty happy right now. Oh, that's awesome. Well, look, before we get into it, uh, we've got some getting to know you type questions, and uh, yeah, just some some whatever comes to mind. That'd be great. You ready? I'm ready. Let's go. First concert. First concert. Geez, that would have been in college when a guy named Chris Cagle. He's a country singer. He uh, he came to our uh, our campus for a little concert. So that that was probably the first one actually. Oh wow, Are you a country music man or Yeah, I love I love country music, but uh one of my favorites was actually seeing Cat Stevens here in Sydney. Oh wow. wow. I love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 awesome. My wife yeah. is a is a country music. Oh, she just like it's on full time. Once yeah. she discovered the digital channel on that <laughs> she's like on the radio, it's just non-stop, man. It's non It's funny. I feel like people either love it or hate it, and uh, I gotta and, say, no, I, I love it. Oh man, I gotta say, I've I've really, I really love it. I really love it. You know, the uh, drinking beer on a on a on a yeah. champagne night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, pretty pretty simple lyrics most of the time, but but no, it's it's easy listening to, and no, I, I I grew up loving it. No, no, I'm a don't worry. Blake Shelton, Chris Stapleton. I'm in. I'm in. Yes, it, I'm with. Yes. You, I'm with. Okay, you. good. All right, good. We're on the same page there. First job. First job was simple, just cutting uh, cutting grass in the neighborhood. Nice. Most embarrassing moment? Um, in, let's see, my freshman year of high school, so that would have been year nine, we're going to play a game. And um, I grab my pair of shorts and my, my jersey and all that. And I get to the game, and it's actually my sister uh, played in, uh, in high school as well. She was a couple of years older. But I actually grabbed her shorts instead of mine. 
So uh, I had to wear her shorts with my jersey the whole game. So that was a you know a bit embarrassing. Did you get called out or did you get out the right? No, I, I I think I just yeah pulled them down and uh, <laughs> played it off pretty well. But but I knew. What, what's your favorite movie? Man, there's so many. I, I love action, but I'm going to go old school in Shawshank Redemption. Oh wow! Um, you, you can't beat that in my opinion, and. Uh, that'll always be a classic. That's been a few guests' favorite, actually, and um, that they didn't realize that it was a flop at the the box office. I don't know if you knew that. Jeez, well, it's not anymore. No, no, it, it didn't. <laughs> Once it went to, it wasn't even DVD then. It was it was tape. Um, wow. it, it took off and uh, exceedingly, but yeah, absolute flop at the box office. Believe it. Wow, I know. I, I did know. not know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pet hate. Oh gosh, pet hate. I, I'd say simple, just dishonesty. That would that would probably be the the biggest one for me. And I think myself, we've all been uh, you know uh, culpable for that as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah. A person from history you'd like to have met? Oh well, first and foremost, it'd be Jesus. I mean, so many questions to ask him, and then probably Kobe Bryant. As, as much as it hurts me to say history, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, he, he'd be another interesting one to sit down and have a chat to. But Jesus first, no question. Something you wish you were better at? Uh, I wish I was better at playing musical instruments, whether it be the piano or guitar. I wish I had listened to my parents when they wanted to uh, to get me lessons, but uh, I refused. So that was that's probably one thing. That'd be too hard on yourself, mate. I think you did you did pretty well with, that, with, your, with your chosen part. <laughs> uh, the thing you did, speaking of parents, the thing you did growing up that made your parents most upset? Oh, man. Probably, so we'd always get jobs growing up, you know, and and, and my dad would, would give us these jobs and then we could play the rest of the day. And I always got in trouble for what he called dawdling, which was, not remaining focused, just kind of wandering off and losing track of what I was supposed to do and, uh, and, and really never getting the, the job done or needing quite a bit of prodding. So that was my, uh, my main thing. And it's funny. You can, I can see that in some of my kids now too. <laughs> I mean, that's, look, let's be honest. That's one of my guests, Nick Far Jones, when he was, this is back in the eighties and he was a young yep. man, he gambled and lost eight grand and uh, <laughs> so just put your one in perspective with, and that's in the eighties. So that's probably a hundred grand. <laughs> but you had to go to his mum and ask for the cash. <laughs> so, so well, yeah, that, let's that put one it all in perspective. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. What's the biggest thing you've been nervous about? Oh, it, it would have had to be in two thousand nine, heading over to Perth to play overseas. I went to college close to home. I went to high school close to home. My family was so close. And then I decided to go to the furthest place in the world you can go from home. So getting on that plane by myself, that was probably the most nervous I've been. Yeah, wow. You took a leap of faith for sure. What's I the, did. What's a lesson that's taken you the longest to learn? Oh, just parenting. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I can't really pick one lesson there. I feel like it's... It's a, a never-ending source of lessons, and it's always evolving. Once you think you have it figured out, you, you realize you don't. So, man, I think that subject in itself could uh, 
Because you've got four kids. You've got Benjamin, Sophia, Isabel, and Isaac. So you've, you've, That's got, right. you've got your hands full. Yeah, I got my hands full, and they probably think the same about me. But, uh, <laughs> it's, no, it's a lot of fun. And is your wife high maintenance, or do we include her in that category? No. <laughs> no. I'm no, uh, no we'll, we'll be kind there. <laughs> mate, do you call yourself an Aussie? Because, I mean, obviously growing up in, in America and in the, in the Midwest, do you, but do you call yourself an Aussie now? Or Oh, yeah. When I'm in Australia, I'm an Aussie, and when I'm in the U.S., I'm, I'm an American. So <laughs> okay. it, it, it's funny how that works because – Obviously, my roots are in the U.S., but but I've lived here in Australia for probably 10, 12 years now, represented, you know, the country and everything, and it is my adopted home, and I absolutely love it. So I, I definitely um, consider myself Australian as well. What was it like growing up, you know, in the Midwest? And, you know, you, we only get to see, you know, what we see on, on TV, on Fox News or CNN and and painting a picture of the Midwest, but what's it really like? Yeah, well, uh, they would paint two drastically different pictures. Very Fox different. News and, <laughs> <laughs> and both of them are probably muddied a, 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 little, a yeah. lot of it. <laughs> um, but it, it would be, um, it was just the simple life, to be honest. Um, we lived in a, a suburb of only uh, 42, 45,000 outside of St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah, about four hours south of Chicago Drive. Wow. And, you know, we're surrounded by cornfields and wheat fields. And, you know, it's it's the the heart of the country where you grow the crops and everything. And we just had a, a really simple life, you know, school, basketball, uh, you know, went to church with the family and, and uh, nothing – you know, extraordinary, but but I absolutely loved it that way, and I, I I just loved the simple life growing up. To put it in perspective, I think the Shire's got about two hundred thirty thousand people. That's just the Southern Shire. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly, and a lot more traffic. You know, you know, it's 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 a it's a great thing that you're mentioning the simple life because life has become, you know, more complex, and there's so many more distractions and. You know, in many ways, to to escape to a simple life is is something that you know a lot of us yearn for. I think because because life has, in many ways, you know, it's it's tech, like we're technology. You know, we're so rich, but we're probably like inform, you know, information rich. But we're relationally, we're probably poorer than we've ever ever been. I would I would say. Yeah, I, and it's funny. You know, you look back to when you grew up and you sit down and eat dinner and, and you never had to worry about, even if you go with your friends and stuff, you never had to worry about, you know, cell phones being on the table, guys, you know, yeah. everyone was seemed a, a bit more present and obviously both, um, you know, there's, you know, blessings and curses to both, but yes, yes. But I think that's, that's the thing that, that I just loved about the, the simple life is, uh, you know, just, just being there present and, um, and not complicating things, even, I mean, in sports, you know, as you would know with sports too, and, you know, the, the Twitter and social media, there's just so many more dynamics now. It's not just practice, play your game, go home. It's like this stuff is, is surrounding you um, all the time, and, and it's tough. How do, you, how do you navigate that with your, with your children? I wasn't sure of their 
have they entered into the realm of social media yet? Yeah. Or? No. Well, my oldest is seven. Okay. Um, not yet. And then the twins are three and a half. So not at all. They they don't have you know phones or they you know they borrow my iPad if they want to do some stuff. But yeah. I try and just get them outside as much as possible to run around just twofold. So, you know, I, I feel like the, uh, the, um, you know, the technology can sometimes make them hyper and then you get them outside, they sleep better at night. It's easier to put them to sleep. So, um, I think it just makes things much better, but, um, yeah, it is as they get older, that will definitely be something that, uh, is on the forefront of my mind where it, it starts to get complicated. I'm sure. So when you were younger, were you, uh, like, was it all basketball for you? Because your dad, Rusty, was actually a quarterback in the NFL for the St. Louis Cardinals, the Chicago Bears. Like, it's a bit of uh, sporting royalty there in in your family. And uh, so was, was did he ever encourage you towards NFL, or was it was it for you? Was it was it basketball from day dot? Or? Yeah, it was. It was just all uh, well. Growing up, I did soccer, track and field did a little baseball, t-ball stuff. Um, and then I just loved playing basketball. So he started coaching a little bit of football and I would, you know, as a five, six year old go to practices all dressed up in the football pads and helmet. Um, kind of like the team mascot almost it felt like, but I, I never wanted to play. I don't know if it, I didn't want to get hit or just like dribbling and shooting the ball better. And, uh, so I never did play, but I had an older sister, a younger sister, and a younger brother. And we always just beat up on each other playing two-on-two in the backyard and stuff. So it's just something that kind of grew as a family. And, and, uh, and yeah, it's it stuck, I guess. What, did your dad, you know, having that, that sporting background, what, did he play an integral guard part in your career? or? Oh, he, he was, yeah. My basketball career, the most influential person by far. Um, on the court and then my mom, you know, and dad off the court as well. But yeah, so he had a, a really, he played basketball as well, but I then wanted to pursue football, but his love was always, always basketball. But um, he's always been, yeah, my coach, mentor, whatever you want to call it in that area. So he's definitely the most influential. That's for sure. What, what, there must be a fine balance, um, you know, as we'll both discover, I've got a 22-month-old and he's running around, running into me now, asking me to tackle him almost. It's like, um, but that balance of uh, the friend, as, a, as a father, the friendship versus mentor versus uh, dad, do you know what I mean? Like, did how did he strike yeah. that, that balance? And is, is that something, have you taken a lot of leaves from his book into to your own parenting? Yeah, well, you know, the fact of the matter is sometimes we didn't strike that balance and it got all out of whack and, you know, there are issues. But I think um, for the most part, we did strike the balance. And I, I think the thing that we were always willing to do is look at ourselves honestly, have the humility to say we need to get better at this or we did this wrong and then and then learn from it. And it's not an easy thing because – to get really good at stuff, whatever it is, there needs to be a lot of, you know, blood, sweat and tears and, and, uh, you know, joy at all at the same time. And mm. sometimes you got to smile through the pain, but it, it's hard to do it, you know, 
as a family sometimes, but at the same time, we use that as like our quality family time together. So we get out on the court every single day for two hours and, and that was just good quality family time as well. So um, I guess it was a little mixture and all intertwined and, and we were all extremely competitive. So it, it made for some interesting and, and fun times. <laughs> you sound very close with your family. I mean, I'm just thinking in my own self, I had opportunities to, to play in teams that were out of state, but I, I just couldn't, you know, I was very close with my family and couldn't, couldn't even think of it to, to move. That must have been a very hard decision. And what age were you when you actually uprooted and, and left? It was. It was really difficult. But at the end of the day, I wanted to pursue playing. And uh, so I was, I think, 21 or so when I, 20, 21, when I came to uh, Perth. Uh, for the first time and and it helps when you have you know supportive parents and supportive you know sisters and brother um so it made the the move easier but geez i can still remember you know using a payphone in perth and calling from an international calling card and but you know what i think skype skype was definitely wrong but i was so behind and so naive that um, yeah, it was, it was just, <laughs> it was funny times, but they were supportive and got to come out and visit, but you know, it wasn't easy at times. Oh, geez. I remember those, when I played with the Aussie team, we went to England and you had to get by those corners. Yeah. You got to punch in like 20 numbers. 20 numbers and you get one right. And it was just start again. And <laughs> yeah. Geez, that's sure. how things have changed. Oh my gosh. So, so. Did, did the Perth Wildcats, did they um, scout you? Did they, how did, how did that actual initial um, introduction happen and, and lead to a contract? Yeah, so I had um, an assistant coach in college, who, uh, Chris Harriman, who is good friends with the head coach, um, Rob Beveridge of, of the Wildcats at the time. And yeah, that, that was my connection over there. And I get over there in, in preseason and start struggling. And, you know, they, pretty much want to send me home right away, which, you know, can't blame them. Wasn't playing very good. And that's just the nature of sports. Um, so yeah, they, how they wanted to get that? rid of me. Wow. How did you handle um, that? That's, that's huge. That's <laughs> I mean, you put it in perspective yeah. and um, Belleville, Illinois, where you're from and Perth, it's 18,000 kilometers apart. So it's, a, it's yeah. not like just dropping it off. And <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, on the good thing, I knew they had to pay for their return trip home. So I would have been good there. But <laughs> I, I think it was more a case of just putting my head down and keep working and, and also being kind of naive to all the, uh, the noises around me and, and not really caring. Um, that's, that's difficult. I've got to say that the, the white noise, the, the head noise that, you know, that can, yeah. that can really, you know, if you let it and if you listen to it, you know, you can, it can really affect you because as you, as you think about yourself, you become that really. And if you start to allow that doubt to enter and, um, you know, it's, it can, it can be a real battle. Yeah, it, it it certainly can, and and you can see talented players in basketball or imports that have come out here who have struggled and and uh, and never really found a way you know out of it or had people around them to support them. So, yeah, I, I feel for for both sides of it because it's not easy. But but I think for the, the main thing was you know 
it was just like keep working and and I was kind of naive to how the business worked too I think and that uh you know I was just like oh okay you know I'm still here and let's let's go so it all it all worked out well but but looking back it's it's probably funny now there's a quote that says um perseverance is doing the hard work when you've done the hard work and yeah. I've held on to that because sometimes you know when you even you know, no matter if it's sport or yeah, like I've forged uh, and 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 uh, forging a, a new career in film, and and you do the hard work, and you really do, and you think far out now. Now the breakthrough will come, and then you know you look back five yeah. years later, and you still are doing the hard work. For yeah. That, for that. Sometimes it's just it's just hanging in there by the skin of your teeth, but just doing it, just keep doing it, keep doing it until you finally, you know, push through. That, yeah, that's exactly right. And, and sometimes that's, you know, that's success there, just the perseverance. It, it doesn't always show itself, I, I think, in, you know, in championships or wins and losses or getting awards. Sometimes if you just, you know, keep sticking to it. And, and even if, you know, by worldly standards, you don't have stuff at the end to show for it, you keeping at it every single day like that, I mean, man, that's... uh that's an accomplishment in itself, I think. Well, I'm glad you did, you know, hang in there and stay because then you had a, a couple of really strong, strong years. 2010, you win the NBL championship along with the grand final MVP. And then two years later, 2012, you win your first NBL MVP. Cats claiming their fifth NBL title. 24-point lead of No other club has done that. See? Thank you. And tonight, another Wildcat, Kevin Lish. That's, you know, what a what a, um, a turn of events for you. What were those years like? Yeah, it was, uh, well, I had really good people around me, first of all, great teammates, a, a really good coach, and, and uh, you know, just a good support system that, you know, I, I wish I could say, oh, I, I changed the way I did stuff or made huge shit, but, but I didn't. It was just kind of like, you know, let's just keep going. And, and, uh, and you know, I did have, a, a I think, a, a thirst and a humility every year to, you know, to look myself. I need to get better at this or else I won't be able to play because I'm not that tall. I'm not that quick. And, you know, yeah. a lot of people are more physically gifted, so... Um, I think there was always that, you know, how to, how to get better, how to find the next, next edge there. But yeah, there were some, um, you know, looking back, I guess each year was different and, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little puzzle piece. I think, I think it's an important point you, you raise because often, um, you know, when you when you start to climb that ladder and then things start to go well, it's so easy. I remember my uh, mentor used to say to me, "Don't, don't start reading. You know, the scrapbook. Don't start reading a scrapbook. In other words, you know, don't start reading the good press." And yeah. he said, "You want to keep on top. You got to keep training like you're number two. Train like you're number two." And and yeah. um, I remember that was just great, great leveling advice um, to to really, you know, help you understand that. It's those ones that 
continually succeed at a high level are constantly uh, re-evaluating their performance. And uh, one thing that Justin Langer spoke about, the Australian cricket captain, when yeah. he said that they have honest, honest conversations with each other about mm. where they're at. Um, how were you mm. receiving criticism and receiving advice? How did you? How did that process um, uh, for you? Yeah, how was that? Well, I, I think in in that regard, I was I was pretty battle tested in the fact that um, every single conversation with my dad was was honest, you know. So nothing was sugar coated either way, and uh, and then you get to a point where you say, you know what, I can either you know bow up and say, oh, that's not right, which is our human nature, yep. or yep. take a step back, just listen, and then you know, and then, you know, see if there's something in there for me. And I think you learn most of the time looking back that, um, that the, the, these things are brought up only to get you better, you know? And if you look at it that way, then, but it's then hard, you're going to get hard better. If you're defensive, isn't it? It's hard because I, I yeah. remember, I've got to say as a player, I really struggled looking at myself, looking at the tapes, mm-hmm. um, after the game, yeah. I really despised, um, you know, like that process, and and I think about it now. I go far out of. I know for a fact that if I would have just looked, I would have been able to. I don't know why. I don't know why I used to yeah. reject my myself. Um, yeah. If I can be totally honest, there's a, there was a stage there where they started bringing in those tight jerseys, and I had quite the belly. And um, <laughs> every, every time I play the ball, my stomach was hanging over my pants. So that that could have been one reason. <laughs> oh, thank but God, it's thank God they're not as tight as they are today, because I would not have got a jersey. But uh, but yeah, I always found that that really hard. I've got to say, I think I've um, I've definitely grown in that area to receive um, construction and criticism, but um, especially if it's coming from a good place. But then then again, even if it's not coming from a good place, if you have a sort of humility toward it, you can say, well, is this, even if it hasn't been said, you know, with a great spirit towards you, you can still actually learn something from, from, some, from as well, if, as long as you're willing and open. Yeah, no, no question. I, I don't think you're the first person athlete who's, I think for all of us, Sometimes we cringe at watching the, you know, the review of, of the game and stuff. But um, yeah, like you say, whether the criticism is is right or even wrong, I think there's just certain discipline of being able to sit back, listen, and then move forward. But um, you know, it, it just comes back to that if, if we're not able to, you know, control our emotions in that regard, there, there's no room for for improvement, really. So take us to the 2012-13 NBL season. You, you end up moving around. You play in Puerto Rico, France, and Spain. Uh, were you were you single at that time? By the way, uh, no. So I got married um, in Perth in geez, 2012, and then um, <laughs> I'm glad you remember the. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 2012. Next year, next year's your uh, ten year. Next yeah, year's yeah. your ten year. You knew that. Oh yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> Gosh, um, <laughs> thanks for reminding me. But um, and then we um, we decide to go overseas just for a, a you know a change of scenery, something different. And, um, you know, we lived in Paris for a year. My, my son Benjamin was born in Paris, and wow. then wow, um, what an experience! Yeah, it was. It, it was definitely an experience, and um, 
you know, especially walking in the hospital, they can't speak English and you're trying to have a baby, your first baby. I've got to say, I, I was fortunate enough to go with my, um, after one of the tests uh, in England that we played, um, my family came and met me and um, I got suspended for one of the games that they came and suspended. It's another story. But my mum my speaks fluent French, so we went to France. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She speaks six wow. languages and uh, that was such a... That was such a help because I don't know how you survived not actually really understanding French. Yeah. That's, that's a challenge. Uh, it is. It is. Um, yeah. I, it's funny because my grandma was actually immigrated from France, but I, I still couldn't speak a, a lick of it. Um, but then when I went to, uh, when we went to Spain, um, I had taken quite a bit of Spanish classes and, you know, playing in Puerto Rico. So I could, I could definitely get by there. Um, so that wasn't as bad, but then my daughter, Sophia was born in, in Spain, in, in Saragossa. Um, so yeah, we started having too many kids overseas and needed to get closer to family. So we came back to Australia. <laughs> no, and, and, and you said your wife was, but she, but she wasn't from here. Obviously she was, she was from Perth or did you just meet in Perth? No. So we met in Perth, but she's from, uh, yeah, from Sutherland. Oh, wow. The Shire. Okay. okay. Yeah. So was that a temptation for you to – because once you – I don't know. Once you see how big the world is, it's 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 quite exciting, to be honest with you. It, it really is, Sydney, isn't it? Sydney's awesome. Don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah. Australia – I still think Australia's the best country in the world. But I'm just saying, like, yeah. you know, when you go to those destinations, it's it's you're on an adventure, you know? Uh, you, you really are, and – and like, for instance, Spain, I, I just loved it there. The culture, the, the people, the, the tapas, you know, all the, the food. And it was just a pretty cool place. And, and obviously, you know, Paris during Christmas and everything. But oh, wow. I think, you know, the, the one thing that, that always is, is true to our family, I think, is just, just family. So when we started having... You know, uh, a couple kids over there, we were thinking, well, we want uh, family to enjoy it, at least one side and yes. and all the help we can get. So I don't I don't care if we're in the middle of the desert. If we're surrounded by family, we're, we're happy. How has that journey been for you, not being able to see you? Um, and excuse my ignorance, are your parents still with us? Or Yes. So they, yeah. they were they were actually planning on coming out this uh, this summer, but obviously with, with everything going on, they yes. weren't able to do that. Um, but I usually make it back once every two years and then they come out every couple of years. Um, but it's, it's tough, especially now that we have four kids, it's, it's hard to travel and, yeah. um, thank goodness but, we uh, have FaceTime and stuff like that, which is, yeah, we, we, it does. We use that all the time. So yeah. that definitely helps things. So you come back to the NBL with the Illawarra Hawks for the. 2015-16 season. Now my, now my wife's from the Gong. All, all, okay. Yeah, quality, quality uh, people from the yes. Gong. And uh, yeah. they actually, they've such a great hub there for uh, for basketball. They really love the yeah. basketball. But you win another MVP and also Defensive Player of the Year as well. And you're 30 years old. Um, so are you starting to think, well, well, this is now towards the end of mine? Or are you thinking I've still got a lot of years left in me? Or... No, I'm, I'm, I'm not even thinking. I'm like, well, I'm feeling great. Oh, well. Um, you know, in, in 30 in, in basketball is, is nothing a lot of times. It's oh, not well. like, it's not like the NRL, you know, you guys where your bodies just get, 
get torn up like that. Um, so no, I'm, I'm thinking I have, you know, quite a bit, quite a, quite a few more years, but, but you just never know at the same time too. Because you were, were you um, healthy? Were you injury? Were any injuries? Were you? No, it was just this all. Because- I, no, I was. I was pretty healthy. You know, you have the usual. Uh, you know, I had a you know a, an ankle that was that was giving me a little grief. Um, I think I twisted in the semifinals that year in in uh, in Wollongong. But but other than that, I was I was very much healthy. So you turned down an extension with the Hawks, and then you signed with the Kings for the next four years. Yeah. Tell so us that what... went over really well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. What was the first game like against them is what I want to know, because that's always hard. It, it was fun. I mean, I, I absolutely love uh, love it down there in Wollongong. Great people. Um, but then it was just a great situation up in Sydney with, you know, the guys, the teammates, uh, you know, the guys I was surrounded by and, and that stuff. So um, it was hard to leave, but, you know, in the end, I, I'm, I'm glad I did. Um, but I also, you know, there's so much about Wollongong um, that you missed as well. But more, you know, the community there, as, right. as you would know, is yeah. just unbelievable. Really but, yeah, that first, that first game was uh, – was pretty uh, pretty interesting. <laughs> I remember we won it every single time I touched the ball. Though I got booed like I never had before. And uh, did you expect anything? And, less? Yeah, yeah, I know. And and after the reporters were like, "How bad was that?" You know, you you, you were getting booed. All- I said, you know what? If I was in the stands, I'd probably be booing myself right now for leaving. Oh, that's a you great know? response. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I thought it just, you know, they were, it was all in good fun. They weren't booing for, you know, any yeah. bad. It was just, and it added to the atmosphere and it was just really amazing. And, and it's, it's one of the more fun memories that I'll, I'll definitely have. So 2016, you selected to represent Australia at the Rio Olympics. How do you make yep. the call to your dad and you go, Dad, I'm an Aussie? I'm an Aussie. <laughs> yeah, well, so, yeah, I got it. Because um, is, uh, str- is that strange, like, actually representing a country that you're not, like, because for me, you know, it would be like going to yeah. England, living there and getting yeah. playing, I'm going, but I'm really, I'm, a, I'm you know. Yeah. It, you know, I think it would have been more strange if I hadn't lived here for that long and my wife is Australian. My two kids now, when I had two kids then, uh, were Australian. So, like, I was the only one in the family not Australian yet. So, I think that made things not feel as weird. And then just getting with the other Aussies, the national team, and kind of the way they, you know, really embraced me and accepted me was just made me feel like, yeah, this is, this is awesome. And so, Rio the experience there being part of that campaign was that one of the highlights of, of your career? Oh, I have, I have so many different highlights. I don't like to single out one, but it was, it was certainly, um, a highlight as far as, yeah, being able to, to represent Australia and, and just the adventure and, um, you know, so many places we, we traveled, uh, to prepare for that campaign. And then, you know, just sitting in the dining hall and, and just people watching or athlete watching, whatever you want to call it. It was, uh, it was, and then, you know, the success we had there was, was pretty cool. 
So 2017, you're, you're appointed captain of the Sydney Kings and you, you hold that title until the last year of your retirement. Uh, what was the experience of being honoured as captain? And then I'd love to talk about retirement as well. Yeah, so it was obviously whenever you're appointed a, a captain, it's a it's a really you know cool experience, and and uh, also um, you know quite a few responsibilities. Um, but I think more so like to be surrounded by the the group we had too um, was a lot of fun. And there were challenges, you know. There were there were tough times. There were there were good times, and I think during that time with Sydney, it was really a transition year as far as it was almost like a new club. We had new owners, a, a whole new place to play, new everything. And, uh, and it was pretty much like building from the ground up again. So the, cause I've really noticed a real transformation in the, the Kings. I, I remember I'm going back a long time ago, 1990s when I used to go to the games regularly and there were players like Leon Trimmingham, which you wouldn't know of, but he probably won't. <laughs> yeah, <bored>. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And it was, it was, it rivaled honestly what you'd see in the states. It was packed, and it was an atmosphere. And, yeah. Um, and they lost that. They lost that for so many years, and yeah. yet uh, it, it has turned. And do you put that down to management? Do you put that? What, what, what do you put that down to? Oh, geez. Well, there's. I, I think first and foremost is the amazing fact that I think it was last year, the NBL had the most fans ever in its, its history. And the wow. Kings averaged, you know, we probably averaged, um, you know, I don't know, close to 10 or 11, 10,000 at each game, 11,000. I don't know. Wow. And, you know, we had one of the games, 17 and a half thousand with the most fans ever. So there's definitely a, you know, it's it's revitalized. It's back and past where it was in the '90s. But I, I think a lot has to do with with the management now, the the professionalism of the league, and, and how it's done. And then I think a huge advantage they had back in the day too was was being on free to air. Whereas, I mean, you don't get much better, uh, you know, marketing and and uh, just eyes on the game than that. So in the game starting to get back on, on free to air now. So I think that's why you're seeing it's, it's such a popular sport and Aussies love the NBA. So I think that's, that's helped as well, but there's really a professionalism um, of the game right now, which, which has helped it grow. So you make a decision to retire. Um, Was that, tell us about that process and, and uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it was pretty much a situation of, I, man, everything else in my body feels great. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I've got a lot more left to play. Um, and then I had a few ankle injuries, and then uh, during one of the games, had a guy, you know, land on my ankle, and then it, it uh, I fractured it and had all these problems, and um, it kind of just exacerbated my ankle issues to where I needed um, a surgery that wouldn't allow me to play anymore. Um, and, uh, and hopefully, you know, can prolong my, uh, my normal life on, on this ankle. So, um, yeah, it, so it was really, I look at it, you know, it was out of my hands. It was almost like a, 
medical retirement, you, you do it, you move on and, and, and find the next thing. You said uh, you were quoted as saying in your retirement speech that you were able to play basketball professionally through the grace of God. Um, tell us a bit of, you, you have a great gift. I mean, but tell us a bit about that journey for you and were you always uh, in tune with yeah. with that part of your life? Was it something that developed over time? or? Uh, it was, it, it's something that's constantly developing and learning and refining, hopefully. And I think, you know, it, it started obviously way we were raised growing up and, and, you know, my faith with my family, um, growing up, my parents uh, always having that before anything else for us. And then as you start to get a, you know, on your own, you start to, to find it, um, a bit more for yourself and, and at the same probably wander a bit more around. And then, um, um, I think, yeah, looking on my uh, back on my basketball career that, it um, it was always hopefully um, looked at as a way of, of just using my talents, my, my gifts that I've been been given from God and, and glorifying you know him and, and just doing it the very best that I can and and uh, and you know and offering it up. So that's kind of how I looked at it in in that way. I think my basketball career it, was there a, was there one type of moment i know that for me there was a moment where i actually thought you know there's a there's a kind of like a choice here to how i'm going to live my life and sometimes it's really defining moment but sometimes it's it's just a gradual type involvement yeah. and uh what was there what was there one kind of moment where you go you know this is this is what i this is who i want to be and this is you know that that god's always going to be you know, in my life, and was this? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there is a, a necessarily defining. I think there is just a multitude of little moments where, you know, something just, um, you know, whether it's an enlightenment or, or you struggle and fall, and then you know you you get back up. And um, it was just a. I, I think for me, just just many moments together, and and just. I think the constant communication, um, you know, with my parents definitely helped as, as well. So, um, yeah, everyone's, everyone's different, but, uh, I would say made up of many, many little moments. And do you, are you someone that, are you an avid reader? Are there any books that, in, that you've read that encourage you to, in, in your faith, in your journey or do you, uh, yeah, I know you, you, you mentioned yeah. to me off air that you, you're regular at church and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we, we go, um, yeah, to our, to our, you know, Catholic parish here. And, um, but I, I do love reading and, and I mean, geez, there's so many, so many books and, um, you know, I'm, I'm reading a, a good book right now called, uh, interior freedom. That's, uh, wow. it's very, very much applicable to, uh, well, geez, to everyday life and especially to now, but uh, I, I, I think that's, that's so much of a, a key in your faith is, is having, you know, just like anything, having variety of, of um, you know, whether it's reading different books or, or a quiet time in prayer or, yeah. or the Bible. And, and I think that's the way you, you keep that um, spark going, which, you know, I'm, I'm still figuring out. No, I think we all are. And it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing journey, but it's, it's, it's one just like, that we continue to 
I don't know if the words persevere, but but the, you know to be consistent with because that's I know for me when I when I have have um, sort of time where I'm maybe not reading and I'm not because for me that's that's probably the best yeah. way God speaks to me when I read the Bible mm. and I, I like I get this peace that comes over me mm. and I I get encouraged and I can tell in my life. When I haven't done that, and I haven't, mm. I can really tell, um, and my wife can tell too. <laughs> she, she says I get yeah. very grumpy. <laughs> my tendency is to go towards grumpy. <laughs> no, I, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree anymore. Kind of when those base things, when your faith gets gets out of whack, it it affects everything else. It uh, it doesn't go the other way. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Now, just quickly, I I, I uh, speak a lot speak a lot on on. Um, retirement and, and my struggles uh with that a lot of players do um and i know you're early on into your your transition and you know your assistant coach now at the kings which is fantastic but have you have you felt any sort of push and pull there of of because you're not with the boys training in the mo- anymore and the routine is is all different yeah it, it's definitely uh you know i transition still trying to figure out the time and uh I think like I think the hardest thing for me is all the years of uh, playing basketball I always had something I was working towards something I was trying to get better at but then when you retire you still have that drive but sometimes like you don't know where to put it you know yes. because you don't always know what you're trying to work towards you're trying to figure that out you know yeah because and uh it's so different they've given you like you you know there's a game at the end of the week there's a result win or lose you get that um feeling from that as well you get the um but but it's so different when you move out of that space it's it's so because you're right what are you what are you building towards and because you know you're so driven and so goal orientated when you're playing and then when that's that's not there. I found myself a little bit lost. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And unfortunately I've had, um, you know, the owner of the Kings, Paul Smith and, and, uh, and, and the coaches and everyone in the Kings, they, it hasn't been a position or a situation of, uh, you're retiring, you're, you're gone to us. They've really spent a lot of time and energy and resources into, you know, helping me and, and I know other guys who are who are going to be in the same situation, figure it out. So it's been, you know, pretty amazing in, in that aspect that um, it's not just we're going to use you and forget about you. So um, I've I've really been fortunate to be in that situation. I know a lot of guys haven't been. Is this, is this something that the game does to help that transition? Because I know I, – I, excuse my ignorance, but I know with the NRL, for example, we have an education and welfare department and they start the process very early of starting to try and prepare you for life outside yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the the NBL is, is probably, we do have the Players Association who have been great in starting to, especially in the past few years, develop more of a, a pathway and awareness, knowledge in those areas, but the NRL is, is, is certainly because I've, I've talked to, you know, some of the guys in, in that area are certainly ahead a of NBL, even if it's just for, for money, you know, resources and all that. Um, but, uh, but NBL is definitely trying, um, and, and putting things in place, but, uh, 
yeah, I've just been fortunate to be in a club where, you know, they, they don't talk about it. They just take action too, which has been really good. That's fantastic, mate. Well, that's so good. And I think Paul Smith, since he's come there as well, he's done a, he's done a great job. I got to say, I think he's, a, yeah. is he, am I wrong? Is he a Wollongong? Is he from the gong? He is. He is. He's from the gong. Yes. Oh my goodness. I oh, thought yeah. so. I thought yeah. so. No, for, for he's some a reason, great someone guy. said he was, I think it was Warilla or somewhere. Warilla. Is that right? That's right. Oh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there, there you go, mate. I'll probably. Uh... He's proud. Never, never forgets his roots, which oh, is pretty cool. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, mate. Yeah. I can't wait to uh, come to a game. Uh, you know, as soon as things get back to to normal, far out. Uh, it's. Uh, yeah. we, we don't know how we stand. I imagine as yet with with crowds and so forth. Yeah. Um, I... I, I don't uh, know exactly when yet, but uh, but but keep your uh, keep your ears uh, ears listening because uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we have some games soon. So oh. we'll keep our fingers fingers crossed there. Oh, that'll be fantastic. Well, mate, Kev, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, I really appreciate your openness and your your story. I got to say, it's one for me of of. Of a, of a guy who really had a dream and took a risk and t- took a real leap of faith so much so that he travelled across uh, eighteen thousand k's to uh, to <laughs> in an unknown land uh, called Down Under to to have a to have a shot and uh, I got to say it worked out very very well even more so because you married a shy girl so yeah <laughs> well thank thank you Jason I appreciate it thank you. and everybody thanks again for listening and, and tuning in I hope you enjoyed it and got some nuggets there because i know i did and if you missed out uh on listening tonight of course you can tune in next sunday morning and we replay this interview at 5 30 till till 7 because i'm up at 5 30 because i have a 22 month old so uh <laughs> I'm up, but otherwise uh it's on as well there's a 2ch digital that you can listen into or if you can download the 1170 sen app and go to catch up you'll see all our interviews there with steve war with Justin Langer, Margaret Court, Nick Farr-Jones. There's so many that are on there. I hope you uh, have a listen and get encouraged. But that's enough for me. I'm Jason Stevens. Thanks again for listening. To- when making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only. The spirit of sport, and we'll see you again next week.